Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Tigers Talk Rugby. Before we get started, if you're listening on Facebook or YouTube, we are on podcasting platforms. These platforms include Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. So with that, I'm Ethan Richards. I'm Beckett Rice. And I'm CJ Bakel. So, and this uh, is another episode of Tigers Talk Room, so let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would like to say beforehand, before we get into talking, if you guys are on Facebook, seriously, go check out Spotify and everything like that. We will provide the links. Yes. That being said, so, boys, the Super Rugby Aotearoa, we finished up a couple weeks ago, but mm-hmm. today we want to, you know, give a recap. So, we got... We're going to do a small, quick recap of the standings and table, as well as try and present two new segments that we, we're going to try out for this, uh, for the recap. So keep on listening and we'll see how, how things go. So first off, let's talk about, we're going to talk about uh, standing. So Beckett, do you have the standings pulled up to enlighten everybody with? Yes. So... The final standings for the table were for the season was uh, Crusaders at number one with 30 points, Blues at number two with uh, 24 points, followed by the Hurricanes with 21, the Highlanders with 14, and the Chiefs with a measly five and no wins from eight games. Yikes. The Crusaders and Blues also had the potential to have more points as the two, their last game got canceled, so they only played seven games, whereas everyone else played Right, and although that wouldn't have affected the standings due to uh, Crusaders having the 30 points over the 24 points from the Blues. So. Yes, the Crusaders, Crusaders had six, were six points in the head, so there was no way uh, that they could have a score. They could score enough or do anything to get enough points. Well, what the Crusaders won, it, won, the, uh, won the tournament with, like, two weeks to go. Right? Yeah. yeah. They were presented to like, in week – what, like week I think, 8 out of 10, something like that? Yeah. They, they, they solidified 10. the win against Highlanders, I believe. That's uh, right. Right. And and so then the game against the Blues, like, people were reporting articles that were just like, oh, this game doesn't matter anymore. Like, it's not a big deal. But, like, to me, like, I don't know about you guys, but when you put two teams at the top of the tables, regardless of what the points totals are, mm-hmm. that game is going to matter. Because, like, even though the – Crusaders like would have the most points of the season and yes they would have had a better like set of eight games like at the end of the day like they would have been they would have had a loss to the Blues at the end of the season who were the second place team and like I would remember that I know like 10 years down the road like maybe that's not something people would remember but like to me like that means something yeah no definitely I think um even if it hadn't affected the standings, it would have been, you know, a huge confidence booster and really something to think about going into when uh, in the next season starts. However, however, the next Super Rugby season will look. Yeah, exactly. If we have one sometime. Yeah, uh, with with a little bit of a subject change on there, I, I want to get y'all – what do y'all think is going to happen with the next Super Rugby season? Like, do you think – we're going to end up with these like split section standings, like where you do Otoroa Australia again, or, or do you think they'll end up waiting until they can finally merge? again? 
I'm hoping that, you know, Australia and New Zealand come to terms and realize they do need each other and they are able to work something out. Hopefully, I think the, probably the best model or maybe the, be the thing that would satisfy everyone is having all five of the New Zealand franchises. At least four to five of the um, uh, Australian franchises, because I have heard something about the Waratahs and one of the other sides possibly, and maybe I think it was the Rebels possibly um, merging. So, and then you bring in like the Pacific Islands, Pacific Island team, which would be very interesting. My and what then, I heard from like Two Cents Rugby is that they are going to bring on, uh, like they want to do the five, they want to do like like five of the New Zealand and then like four of the Australia, a Japanese franchise, and then the Pacific Island one. That would also be very interesting. Bring the Sunwolves back. I don't know if it will be the Sunwolves, but they want to bring back Something the Japanese form. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think I think the Jaguars are probably going to be left out in the cold, sadly. But the uh, South African franchises are maybe not this next season, but the season after, perhaps, are going to be joining the uh, Pro 14. And then yeah. the, this is the Cheetahs and the Southern Kings might get booted out of that and go down to the uh, Curry Cup. Did you see that Cheetahs, they flat out, like, said, we are no longer playing anything mm -hmm. for the rest of the year? I like, did see I, that. I did see that, yes. 14, totally. Hmm. Yeah. Man. And it's not that so, they have really affected the standings too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm going I'm to redirect us back over to Otoroa. Um, okay. I just wanted – I thought that would be an interesting tension to just have a little conversation about. <laughs> so – uh, going back to Otoroa, um, there are a couple – I know for all of our predictions, uh, we did not have the Chiefs doing as poorly as they did. No, I think not at all. Yeah, I, I, that was probably the biggest surprise of the season, mm -hmm. right? Like in terms of like – like I think people were expecting the Crusaders. I mean, nobody – first off, nobody was expecting a team in Otoroa to not get a win. Yeah, no. So like – I, that's the biggest thing to me, um, in, in terms of how the table shook out. Other than that, um, I, I think all of our predictions, we had the top two teams, at least I've, I think everybody put Crusaders and Blues, right? Yeah. I think our, I think all of ours were some form of the Crusaders and Blues and then the Chiefs and then some form of Hurricanes Highlanders. Right. And okay. Can I Which, just say that as a Hurricanes fan, I am very mad that we lost to the Highlanders in the final week to put <laughs> put us in second place. Yeah. You, if you, you just needed a win, and you would have finished with twenty five and been ahead of the uh, been ahead of them, the Blues. We would have. We we seriously would have been. <laughs> I would have been totally fine with us coming second, but. No, we had to lose against the Highlanders. Maybe you should have brought Julian Savia on. We should have. <laughs> we put him in the match day 23. Yeah, so uh, let's move on to our next uh, little segment piece where we, we kind of break down a little bit more in depth with some of the players for uh, this season. CJ? Yeah, so our first – so this is, like I was saying earlier, we're doing a little new segment. So we're going to start with the Mount Rushmore of Super Rugby. So we're going to – our Super Rugby outro. So each one of us is going to pick our four, like, in-form, like, best players from Aotearoa, and we're going to just 
kind of you know discuss about each one. So Ethan, would you like to start your start your Mount uh, Rushmore? Sure. Um, so my four, which I, uh, one of these definitely is going to need more explanation of us. I had uh, Richie Mwanga. Um, I had Damian McKenzie, which he's the one I feel like I'm going to need to explain. I, I had Will Jordan, and then I had Duplessis. Eh, I can never say it right. Karif, yeah, thank you. Um, so um, that those were my those were my Mount Rushmore. And so Damian McKenzie, uh, I'm going to explain this one a little bit because obviously he was Chiefs player. They didn't win a game, and it it it's going to need the explanation. I think he was the force of any form of light that came from a Chiefs play or or a Chiefs position. Obviously, he had the um, most ball touches, I think, in the entirety of Otorella. I think he, uh, his hands were always there. He was a part of trying to force and create any sort of play for that team. And I, I think that any form of light or any sort of like, like glimmer of hope that the Chiefs had at any and every game that they played came from Damian McKenzie, which is why I feel like he just deserves the, the uh, spot on, on my Mount Rushmore. So, um, and then my other ones, uh, I mean, Richie Moanga is brilliant. He controlled the pace of every game for uh, the Crusaders. Uh, alongside him was Will Jordan from the Crusaders, who uh, I, I'm pretty sure statistically he had the most clean line breaks. He had the most defenders beat and the most tries scored in the league. So, like, he, he's his ball carrying skills and his ability to like break the line and score the try uh, consistently was above and beyond the uh, others. So those Absolutely, like, yeah. well, I'm going to back you up a little bit here, Ethan. I, and the most points scored, right. Was Richie Mullinger with 99 points. He scored 99 mm -hmm. points in eight fixtures, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But then Damian McKenzie came in second with 83 so, All right, there we go. Yeah, I, I didn't realize he was the second highest point uh, points yeah. in the across the tournament as well. But like, considering how I just, team did, yes, yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about looking at that. I just know that like when I'm sitting there watching any of their games, like he's the person that I've got my eyes on. He's mm -hmm. the person that I'm waiting to make and break and uh, the game for the Chiefs. So, also continuing to back you up. Duplessis was third in overall tackles one with 95 in uh yeah yeah he, I did know he was up there yeah he so he got 95 and the only person the only two people who did better was Dylan Hunt and Shannon Frizzell from the Highlanders and they both mm -hmm. they got nine, 198 and one got 90 so literally like not too far off mm. so the, the, that was my Mount Rushmore. Solid, solid Mount Rushmore is what I'm trying to say. I have to agree, yeah. yeah. All right, Becky, what's your Mount Rushmore, buddy? Okay, so for mine, few, one, of, one or two of these might be a little controversial. For mine, I went with Richard Mwanga, like, uh, like, like Ethan did. Um, I had Aaron Smith, so I just felt like most anything came that the Highlanders did that was great was him. He was just magical this season. It was a bit of a, a little bit of a resurgence for him, I think. Patrick Tuopolotu for the Blues. This was, I think, less of just, for, for me, my Mount Rushmore is also, is, is partly being the best player of the season and being sort of the most, like, talked about. Because I felt like 
especially for the okay. early going, he was very, very talked about of how much he had like brought himself back into contention to start for the All Blacks and really, you know, upped his upped his um, energy and his consistency. Mm -hmm. And he was really, really a, a huge part for the Blues' success. And he was a big leader for them. And then, um, so those three. And then I also went with little, little, also a little controversial. Ngauni Lamape, not in the early going, but he really, really started to just take over in that midfield and just, I, it was no one looked like they could stop him when he got going late. When he got going later in the season, he was just a piece in the midfield, and you know the try he scored when he when he skinned um, Bowden Barrett was pretty sensational. Uh, and then I, there was one that I was debating was uh, Satutu, but he didn't really play too many games. Maybe if he had finished the season, he might have been up there because he was having a great, uh, really good run of form. I agree. No, Hoskins Satutu, he really put himself – the weird thing is, like, nobody really knew a whole lot about him, right? And then almost within two weeks, everybody was like, all right, I guess I guess we have a uh, number eight replacement for the All Blacks. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. He's anointed immediately. Or at one point, like like they said, even with England, like he would potentially go start with England because mm -hmm. I think his grandmother's English. Yeah, he's so, eligible. Yes. Was yeah, like, yeah, that was like a big conversation. Yeah. Right. I think that right. was he created so much conversation, similar to like you were saying with Patrick Tupelotu. Mm. Yes, I think I think the, you know, oh, he's eligible for England and Fiji. I think that was sort of just, hey, you know, you should um, snap me up and get me in the All Black squad pretty soon because there are other options. I think he always wanted, you know, the black jersey, but I think that was just a oh, for sure, moving for sure. along. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could I could definitely see like how. That would be a, like a great political tactic for like, exactly. finding your way onto onto an All Blacks roster. But I mean, needless to say, like he still had a great season. He still played oh, well, and like he he definitely like has shown that he can earn that jersey on the field. Yeah. So. All right. CJ, my turn, buddies. All right. <laughs> so number one, I'm gonna have to say, Richie Moonga. Man is an absolute legend. It's He's a pick. Consensus pick. I mean, he, he was basically the MVP of this of Super Rugby Arturoa. That man can literally change a game. Absolutely. Yeah, he like, definitely can. Like that one, was it who they play that they were behind? And I think they were behind by like 12 or 13 points. And then he, yeah, he did the chip with the kickoff. That was the Blues. Yeah, that was, was the Blues game. All around. And then oh. no one could tackle him. He just kept going and going. Like that man, that that man literally mm -hmm. took the entire team on his back and won a game for them. Yeah, that guy's amazing. Best, best ten for New Zealand. All right, number two, I'm gonna put Jordy Barrett, the better Barrett, obviously. Right now, <laughs> is non-existent. So, oh, he's the better Barrett. Number three, I'm gonna put Taylor. All right, he was he was a really good you know leader for the Crusaders, good captain. Uh, you know he he's definitely like one of the best hookers in the world. So I put him in there. He had a hell of a tournament. So uh, and you know the Crusaders scrum were looking dangerous all the time. And then my fourth one, I'm gonna put Caleb Clark. 
This is an interesting one. He, you know, it's similar to like Tupelo too. Nobody really knew a whole lot about him, but like Caleb Clark brought in a lot of conversation. He, you know, he was kind of battling a little bit of adversity with, uh, with I think it was his grandmother who passed away early on in the uh, in the uh, season. So he was battling through that, and he, him, yeah. along with Mark Talea at the Blues, you know, lit, you know, <laughs> lit up that back line. So I think he was a he was a big. Uh, I, I personally think he was a big guy, uh, big, uh, you know, influence. Now I had a couple of you know honorable mentions with like Mitch Hunt. Uh, I think he had a really good tournament. Shannon Frizzell, Lachlan Boshier, but. I still think that those guys are my top four. I like them a lot. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I think if there's, there's one thing that I did stand out. Yeah, I was gonna say I know if there's one thing that I got stuck on was like I, I picked like my first three pretty quickly to be honest. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. I'm a Crusaders fan, so like me, me pulling two Crusaders uh, players is not not unsurprising, but. Um, and then I just felt like Damian McKenzie at least deserved like some sort of call, but like filling that last slot for me was the hardest part. And so like, I don't know about how you guys felt. There was, there's just so many players who, who just like, I feel like shined in their positions this during this tournament, especially like overcoming the whole dealing with the whole COVID situation, coming back and like getting to really like build a rock, like your rosters, like, cohesion again was just a lot of play, people have played a part in that I was talking uh, with Beckett yesterday I believe it was you Beckett that we were kind of saying that this tournament really you know boosted New Zealand in terms of rugby mm. that they that it really like it shows that the All Blacks have a, or like you know Isaac uh, what is it uh, Ian Foster has a lot of work when it comes yeah. to using his his That's true and Absolutely. like they, they have a lot of people to pick from and a lot of really really good players and a lot of guys who haven't played yet so like mm-hmm. duplicy karifi you know he had yeah. a great tournament hasn't worn the jersey yet same with yeah. you know hoskins to yeah. so so yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna round up this t- conversation about the players specifically and move us uh towards our 2020s of <laughs> Oteroa. Uh, so, do you want to explain this one? Yeah. Um, I know, okay, some some people might, you know, listen to another podcast called Part of My Take. It's a barstool podcast. <laughs> and it's, uh, they do something called uh, the Fire Fest, like Fire Fest. So it's like something that is overly hyped and like everybody's excited for, but then falls completely short and it's just an absolute failure. We're going to do something similar, but instead of Firefest, we're calling it the 2020 of, of Super Rugby at Tarot. Because 2020, let's be honest, everybody was excited for it. Everybody was looking forward to good It was going to be Gatsby parties. Like, oh. yeah. really? and, and then here we are. Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so much excitement and yet fell short. So each one of us is going to pre- uh, present one thing for Super Rugby Aotearoa that we thought was the 2020 of Super Rugby Aotearoa? Mine is, I, I'm going to go ahead and start this off because I really, it's it frustrates me so much. So my 2020 moment of Aotearoa is 
the fact that the Crusaders Blues game didn't get to happen at the end. Obviously, like the 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 standings impact like doesn't matter to me. Like I mm-hmm. care about the fact that this is a number one versus number two matchup to end off the season in like this banger of a match, and it just never happened. And yeah. I just like oh, it was so frustrating. I was like so hyped for that game. I was like, hell yeah! Like this is this is it. Like this is the moment. This is what defines Otero's like conclusion. And it just didn't get to happen. Yeah. I was really hoping they could have just moved it back a couple of days or a week and played it, but right, not how it worked <sighs> out. Sadly, would have been a fantastic game. Banger of a match. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Sure. There would have been heavy. I'm sure the contact would have been heavy. The kicks would have been strong. Like it would have been such a like the teams would have been playing with such high levels of complexity because mm-hmm. it is the top of the top of club rugby yeah. like in the world. So like I I just. Ugh, I wanted to see that match so badly, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, my 2020 would have to be, I think this might be for a lot of people, was uh, Dan Carter getting signed by the Blues and never lacing up, not even making the match day 23 once. I wa- really, really was looking forward to having Dan Carter and uh, at 10 and um, Bowden Barrett at 15 or shoot, maybe even um, Terry Black at 10, Carter at 12 and <laughs> Barrett at 15. See how that goes. Yeah. Something uh, to see. It was so disappointing because, like, I mean, everybody knows – in, in rugby, everybody should know the name Dan Carter. Like, every – like, he's just such an icon and he's so talented and, and arguably, like, the best in his position ever. He's like, so – He's, probably, he he's probably on the Mount Rushmore for all-time players with absolutely, him, yeah, alongside Lamu and them. Yeah, so so like not seeing him touch the field was kind of devastating. Granted, I would uh, I'm more interested. Like I would love to hear like his impact in the background. Oh, he definitely. Oh, I'm sure he had a big one. Like he probably taught like Otier Black so much. Mm. Oh man, I but it's still seeing him hit the field would have been phenomenal. Absolutely, it'd been weird point. seeing him in a blue jersey. But. He had one match bit. where he played for his local club. He did, know, and I oh. did not hear about this. Yes, yeah, him. He went off apparently. <sighs> That's I think, awesome. I think Artie Sevea when he was when he was getting back from injury the the week before the first game he played he did that as well, and Julian Sabia. So both the Savia boys uh, played for their local clubs. And just, I can't imagine you line up and you look ahead and there's Artie surveying like, shoot. It was like last year when um, David Pocock to like get ready for the World Cup was playing local uh, club rugby. And I'm like, just imagine you just show up and say, like, all right, who are we playing against? And there's David Pocock on the other just side like, of the hmm. pitch. He's uh he doesn't belong there. Yeah, he's like <laughs> fair. That's a good yeah. code, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so but CJ. That. Yeah. CJ, what is your 2020? All right, well, I'm actually gonna put up two because uh you got yeah, uh, I made up the uh, idea of this uh segment, let's be honest. <laughs> so I'm gonna put up two. I'm gonna give myself some creative freedom. And uh my first one. Is going to be the Chiefs, just the Chiefs, right? So much anticipation. They got, you know, Damian McKenzie was coming back. 
you know what? Actually, I'll tie this one into. I'll tie it all together. Like Damien McKenzie, uh, Warren Gatland was, you know, he's coming over from Wales, you know, going to coach the side. It was going to be like, you know, great. It was going to be phenomenal, right? Yeah. Good coaching, you know. Great players. Leadership with like Damien McKenzie. Sam Kane was going to come back. And they all fell short. And now this is where my second one was. Not just short. Not just short. They yeah, fell they to rock bottom. They, they, and they missed the bus. Themselves, like on the face. They literally like tripped on a flat surface and went straight into the dirt. Yeah. So, but like I'm gonna. This is where like my second one. My second one was was Sam Kane, was just like you know coming in the future All Black captain, kind of falling short a lot. So I'm I'm tying them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like just the Chiefs. Gosh. Like Becca said earlier, five points. They didn't even win a game. No. Yeah. That's... I understand. Like, we, we talked with Troy a couple weeks ago, and he said, you know, the Chiefs were failing because it's always those one or two moments that, you know. Yeah, they really have a lot of close, close games. But, like, it's one or two moments? Like, mm-hmm. they didn't win a single game. In, like, they didn't win a single game? Are you kidding? You're, yeah, you're... It's, it's, I'm a, it's, it's disappointing. Granted, like, it's, uh, we say, like, we're so frustrated. They're 0-8. It's, it's such a terrible fall for the Chiefs but we also got to think about at least it's 0-8 in a tournament with literally the best clubs in the world like so one of the best teams in the world just because a New Zealand super rugby team but still not to win a game yeah I mean that's yeah it's it's, it shows the fall off between the worst one was probably um and they were, I think they they went up by like twenty points against the Highlanders, and then they just they, they let they it all go. Totally, mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah, it was a great game, I, but that was just sad. Yeah. So. But yeah, like, I, well, well, end of the day, I honestly think it might be a Warren Gatlin issue. Maybe he's out for Super. Well, he's That's not. A big he's plan. not coming back. They only signed him for one year, and they are and they had already lined up a, another coach to be the coach of the year after before anything happened. Anything even started. So, true. He's only going to be there one year. Like, it's I'm still a big claim to say that it is because of him. Well, I'm just saying the Warren Gatlin experiment did not work. Maybe no, it didn't. Perhaps he, no. maybe he just needed more time. One year is you know sort of hard to get everything in. For those listening, I would love to hear what y'all's opinions are on what happened with the Chiefs. Uh, I I kind of like we've we've talked about it here a, like quite a bit, and I I just want to know what other people's perspectives are um, on what happened with the Chiefs. So like go to go to the Facebook pages, leave us a comment. Like go go to YouTube, leave a comment. Like I want to hear about what you guys think about this because it's it's a I mean it's a it's frustrating, yeah, and it's it, there's definitely it's it's definitely more than one problem, and I just want to know what sticks out the most to other people. So with that, I think uh, we're gonna round up this episode. Um, uh, Otero was brilliant; it was a lot of fun to watch. I'm so happy that we got rugby to come back earlier than most other sports, really. So, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, we are on. If you are on Facebook or YouTube. We are on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. So there's a, there's a reason why we are uh, 
<clears throat> pushing that and it's because like the listening quality on spotify is definitely better than like on facebook or youtube like I, know, sure. I understand some of you guys had the frustration that like you have to close at, whenever you close out of facebook it doesn't like play or the like the podcast like just cuts out mm. that's why that's why we're on spotify you know apple Podcasts, google podcast pod, 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 podcasts you know what i mean like <laughs> We, you know, we're on all these platforms and it's just a little, you know, it, it helps you guys out a little bit. And so we're looking out for you. Yeah. So with that, um, this is another episode of Tigers Talk Rugby. Go watch some rugby. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Thank you for Thanks, listening. Guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs>